that's what ultimately it's about. It's about opinions and what you hear and you being right versus me being right. And is anyone really right? Or are we both wrong? Or is everybody wrong? Uh, I don't I don't know. Is it is it soda or pop? Yeah, this, well, that's a whole different... <laughs> that's a whole different Region. argument, pal. Yeah, more than hashtags. Come on. Come on. Yeah, more than hashtags. No, we won't forget uh-huh. what's working, what's trendy, and what's next. Yeah. With Adam Lidecker and Vincent Orlek. Every week a new episode from News on the Net. Come on. Reppin' Arizona, I know just what you came for. For stories people might miss and fly under the radar. Yeah, more than hashtags, it's news and we're on it. Make sure that you subscribe and follow if you want it. Yeah, more than hashtags. I'm Adam Lidecker. And I'm Vincent Orlick. And welcome to More Than Hashtags. Yanni. Yanni. Um, Yanni. Lauren? Yanni. Is it Lauren? It's Laurel. Laurel. There's no way it's Yanni. It's 100% Laurel. And <laughs> in this viral mind, audio mind twister has had its 14 minutes of fame. It's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. Although somebody did a deep dive. If you listen to it with headphones on, headphones off, if you turn the audio up or down, you'll hear different things. I did. I was able to hear both. I I heard, well, I forget which one I heard first, but then when I listened, the other one is is in a deeper, deeper voice for sure. So, so it's one of those audio audio tricks. I mean, whatever. I heard I heard gibberish first, and then Lorno. Well, and more importantly, and this let's just jump right into it. I mean, immediately, or almost immediately, there's <laughs> there's accounts trying to jump into the trend. Yeah, uh, including you know uh, Senator Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House <laughs> Paul Ryan. I'm gonna try to be cool. Yeah, it was weird. That one was weird. He 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 said it at a press conference, they were, or they were at a recap or something of the day, and, and of course, more important things to do. Yeah, yeah, and, and well, not only did did he say it in the video of the the conference with the press, then he they his team tweeted it out from his Twitter. Now, look, I'm all for I'm all for our. our politicians you know being more transparent and and showing their personality and stuff it was just kind of a weird one to, yeah. to jump on I, I think the the rate that these things go viral and i've actually i have seen people say that this is dead you know unlike the dress the striped dress uh i think people are just done. I, I think they needed the distraction i think you know this kind of stuff takes off because we do need that like distraction but then I'm done with it. <laughs> well, and it's so quick too. It's you just have to you have to take a few seconds to listen to it and to give your opinion. Like that's that's what ultimately it's about. It's about opinions and what you hear and you being right versus me being right. And is anyone really right, or are we both wrong, or is everybody wrong? Uh, I don't I don't know. Is it is it soda or pop? Yeah. This, well, that's a whole different. <laughs> a whole different Region. argument pal well hey (laughs) we are here we have we are here i am here you are you are here 
and where are our listeners listening? That's what I want to know. Uh, I've seen I've seen India. Uh, uh, I meant actually like not geographically. I meant like in their car, uh, in their car while they run. Funny is no no U.S. no U.S. listeners. No U.S. <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Canadians, big we're big in Canada. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. America, Samoan. Portugal. Yeah, Portugal. Particularly, uh, Gibraltar, mm. which is that little piece. The Maltese loves us. They love us. All right, enough of the shenanigans. We got social <laughs> media updates to talk about. Oh yes. Oh yes. More, more so like some news and some updates, which will impact potentially. Um, I don't know. Just interesting. Oh, let's talk about the story of the year so far that no one is really going after. Seriously, I'm saying it's the story of the year. Vincent, I'm amending it a little. No, you text me. You're like, is this not a big story? I'm like, it's well. So Cambridge Analytica story was a much bigger deal. That was huge. That was because I think it does. It did involve that outside party. This involves outside parties, but basically Facebook controlled it or could control it. And shockingly reported it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the limb and say this is this is a bigger story for Facebook ultimately than the Cambridge Analytica thing. Even the Cambridge even though the, the the Cambridge Analytica story is forcing them and really forced right. this new this story to happen. <laughs> yes, I think. Go ahead, Adam. What? No. So that pertains. Okay, so Cambridge Analytica pertained to the our data. Right. Being, being sold and ru- running ads and creating like like you know fake propaganda to, to third change. parties you to change our mind or against the, so, t- the terms of service using the the data. I mean, so that's one thing is they targeted us. This is like, and they know how many ads they ran. They know they showed us all the ads, and they know how many people saw the ads by sheer numbers. This is like out of the water. Like this is insane. So, Facebook had their first quarterly report. And apparently there's a first quarterly content moderation report, uh, which is basically the first quarter of the year. So there was actually more accounts than this, but just for the first quarter. If you take more time than that, it gets crazy. So in the first quarter of this year, Facebook closed 583 million fake accounts. So that's 583 with six zeros. (laughs) And their claim is that it, it's it's 583 million that were created and almost immediately right deleted by them. Yeah, so they weren't necessarily out there forever, but you know, you and I both know, and this makes sense. I've been getting an uptick in friend requests, and you know, you know, they're spammy, whatever. I mean, unless I see mutual connections, and if I see one mutual connection, and then somebody else fell for it. Um, so yeah, they took moderation against um, 837 million um, instances of spam. Uh, 21, and then there's a bunch of other like community moderation, which is a good thing. Uh, 21 million instances of nudity or nudity or sexual activity. Uh, 3.4 million of graphic graphic violence. 2.5 of hate speech. 1.9 of terrorist propaganda. I mean, I would say like even that last number of 1.9 instances is is insane. But when you <laughs> Look at those larger numbers. Uh, what was it like? Let's see, like six million or so a day. Uh, sure. Let's see here. Which, 
we talk, we've talked about this before. We've yes. said how many fake accounts and, and how much spam and all that is on there that they've, we haven't really heard specific numbers per se. Not, not that I remember mm-hmm. um, coming from Facebook, really, and on, on this type of a scale, for sure. And so we're talking about a number equal to a little bit more than a quarter of their user base. Which is just crazy. Right. So the user base is 2.2 billion at last count, um, which again, something you and I have discussed multiple times is how every quarter Mm -hmm. up until, what was it? This was it the end of 2017 or this, or this first quarter, like recently they, they first reported the, like it was the first time that there wasn't growth. Right. Right. Um, but every every quarter for the last however many years, every quarter, Facebook will come out and you'd see that infographic that says, oh, yeah, they shot up another 200 million users. <laughs> and right. and we talked time, that. It was like clockwork. And we talked about that before because we know like Twitter account as well. Like apparently there was like, I don't even remember anymore, like 500,000 plus Twitter bots. Oh yeah, before, yeah. Was- before before the election, so who knows what's out there? But this is insane. Like those, that wasn't even a million. It was you know almost a almost a it's half a billion, half a billion fake accounts, um, and they took moderation against one point five billion accounts. So it's like it just, <laughs> this place is a cesspool. <laughs> yeah, and and it's uh, funny because people don't ever people don't really think of it that way. They know that there's spam. They know that there's fake accounts. But the, people don't really look at Facebook so much as like they do Twitter, yeah, with bots and things. But they're there. I there's one that always hits. If I ever post anything about a movie, mm-hmm. yeah, they they'll post right? a link to like download the movie, watch it there's now. That weird, yeah, it's, but it's like a weird one. It's every, mm-hmm. it's a, you know it's the same bot. You know, like weird symbols, and it's got names of other movies, and yeah, it's. It's odd. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, when I first saw this, and then you brought me back down to earth, but when I first saw this, I was thinking, oh, man, no wonder they, they just got rid of, you know, some of the reach metrics or, um, you know, estimation of reach in, in Facebook ads. So I'm like, oh, man, they were reaching all these fake accounts potentially. But then you mentioned they were almost shut down. The accounts were shut down almost immediately. So you would um, think that they're not counting – that number in the total user base. Yeah. And you think you'd hope they got them, got them all, or I'm glad they are doing these efforts right now. Um, apparently if you took, if you went back um, even further, what was it like? It was a lot more than that. It was almost maybe a, a oh, billion, yeah. 1.2 billion. Um, so you know, I can't even wrap my mind around how that is actually, how you could set up that many accounts unless it's automated. Um, but also, what what were those people? What were their intentions? What were they getting ready for? Uh, you know, you run ads ten bucks at a t- five bucks at a time, so you don't get detected. Uh, you know, fish. You know, you go in and add people's accounts and try to get their passwords. Hard to say. Um, Someone so- brought up some good points though in in our our group. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, there's no context around it. What they they said these numbers, but they gave no context around well how does that compare historically (laughs) 
what mm. what are the demographics of the fake accounts? You know, where are they where are they being set up from? Right. And they know all that. They I, I'm I guarantee they know all that. Yeah. So if it's because do you remember and anyone listening, you may remember this if you're into Facebook and social media over the last few years. I forget exactly when it was, maybe three, four years ago, maybe that far. There was there was a really popular video that a guy put out, I forget his name, um, marketer, that was like, here's all these accounts. You're running Facebook ads, but there's there's accounts out there that are made like this is who's hitting the ads. This is who's viewing yeah. the See, I remember uh, that now. So basically when you like Turkish accounts or yeah. something, right? You in that way, yeah, you're right. And maybe maybe more than definitely three or four years ago at least. And it was it was originally when maybe maybe more than that, but it was originally when boosted posts came out. Mm. When you didn't go through the ad manager and you just clicked boost and they looked at where those that traffic was coming from, that was like the worst style of ad because there was all these fake users and you're like, how can that be fake users? And then they cleaned up the product product or at least they hid <laughs> right because you would get i remember it happened to me multiple places like you would get these new followers and they're all from turkey yeah because originally turkey was a big one pakistan yeah. was a big one originally boosted did not let you pick location and then everything else changed but originally right that's um right. so weird i mean so how long ago this like, you're right how long has this been going on um that's my point. Like, the, yes, okay, we can talk about this whole almost 600 million accounts created and immediately deleted, right? That's, the, that's what we know of that they reported to us after quarter one. Which, if we know anything about hacks, those numbers are always low by half. Easily. Never mind. Well, never mind the fact that there's no way that this, this is just now. I mean, right. they're just telling these numbers now, and there's a reason why they're telling these numbers because they want to prove to everyone transparency. Yep, that they're doing something. You know, that it. This is the. It's funny because this is a big enough number that we're all like, "Whoa, that's a lot," but they could totally underreport it, be underreporting it, mm -hmm. <laughs> and and it could be a billion in the last quarter. Yeah, I think you could do it. It's just controlling controlling media. You could do a slow drip, and then. People actually didn't even cover this, to be honest. I didn't really, really see this anywhere. Um, and then they'll drop, they'll, they'll don't even really, they'll just hope nobody else picks it up. Because people think, oh, isn't that the same story? And really, it's, it's a new story. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to check at Facebook stock real quick because um, I don't even think it took a bumper. I don't anything. think it did. I haven't heard anything. Um, so I mean, it's down. That's just for the day. I mean, well, let's, let's, uh, I think, Nothing early, man. I think there's an application like we always try to do with sure. small business, hey. um, with businesses. And I think the lesson is more so if, and when you're running Facebook ads, because people still are, that was written about heavily about how Facebook is thriving. If anything, after the whole Cambridge Analytica scandal, if you will, um, they haven't, they haven't suffered by any means. They Cambridge Analytica. No, Facebook. <laughs> I was gonna say so Cambridge Analytica is yeah they're done. Well, they're done, but then everybody I don't know who knows what's real or not. Right, of <laughs> I heard course. they went over and started another company or, uh, but yeah, 
Yeah, they just renamed it. Yeah, I'm sure those guys are still going to do stuff. Yeah. And to be honest, not to be callous or anything, there was like delete Facebook for like, I almost want to say like a day, but probably like a week. Hashtag mm-hmm. delete Facebook. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, that's really it. I haven't really. Well, and again, you know, it's, it's a hashtag. How many people actually did it? I, I don't know. I mean, if anybody did it, Facebook did it. Look, it's 583 million accounts. They just, they took their own advice, you know? <laughs> He deleted Facebook for 583 million fake accounts. But if you're, so if you're a business running ads, the lesson as I think has always been is just look at what you're doing. Look at, look at the, the analytics, take the time, look at, is it, is it hitting who you want it to hit? Is it based, I mean, based on the insights of Facebook, but the best you can go by is that. Sure. And we and like and we took a break, uh, briefly running ads when all this stuff dropped because I, and then they did edit a lot of the different. Um, I just got one a day. I didn't I didn't go deep dive into it, but along the lines of they're not going to show a split out organic plus paid. They're just going to show paid reach. Mm. Um, so they're going to give you less analytics, less targeting. But we're back to advertising every day on Facebook. Um, we're still getting click through rates that are industry and, uh, standards. Um, you could still get your niche demographic you need for, for your goal. Um, you still got to pay attention to it and dial it in. Um, there's a, Hey, this is, there's a, you're serving less, less accounts now. <laughs> Fake accounts. I mean, how many of those ads were served? I mean, realistically, the account is set up. Yeah. How many of those ads are serving to fake accounts? Yeah. Or, you know, even seriously, even just for a day, or for the the hour, if you have the, the impression, yeah, if you have the the funnel on and you're spending money, um, well, that was my that was my point too. Was okay. So again, like this quarter, this is what they're reporting. In the past, as all this time, like I'm sure they've been dealing with this problem. Yeah, just not well, telling people. So, are you do you now go back and look at like your your ads and kind of question? I mean. Uh, to me, and I'm not, I'm not trying to hate on Facebook. Believe me, I, I am a fan overall yeah. and I, of Facebook ads and all that. I'm just saying, even devil's advocate, like, do, do you now call into question whenever you run ads? I mean, you, you should. You should be, have been doing that the whole time. Sure. Always yeah. looking at, like, the impressions, like, what exactly, who's exactly seeing it? If you, as much as you can, where, look at that. Well, an- analytics are a funny thing. Um, I would always try to double or triple check. What I mean by that is if you had a short link like Bitly, you could track clicks and see if it matched up to the clicks of organic plus paid. If you have Google Analytics installed, again, check source. None of those, I've never had those three stats line up perfectly. Right. No, no there's always that question all the time and like all these groups that you and I are in yeah, social media people, that question comes up maybe not once a week, but once a month where someone posts up about, Hey, anyone ever see there? I I got my, my, my trackable link and my analytics on Facebook and the clicks don't match. Well, and especially if you don't, if you're, if you need to report return on investment and you need to answer for, you know, click through is I, I noticed one thing that always bothered me 
that in Google Analytics, the other tab was like this black hole that everything they didn't know how to identify ended up in that black hole. Right. And I would, I would run campaigns that the only place we pushed was Facebook. That's it. And, and it wasn't registering for Facebook. But all those clicks that I knew of registered in other, which was just bizarre. I didn't know if, like, if, if Facebook or Twitter masked it and stripped it out or Bitly stripped it out and, and didn't transfer through. And you could do like all this stuff for tracking with UTM parameters and stuff like that. But as Vincent said, you know, I, I was going to say trust but verify, but I don't even know if I want to say trust and verify. Verify and verify. <laughs> Yeah, uh, especially when it's it's reported, like Facebook is doing the reporting themselves too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're telling you really what well, they want to tell you. In the last year, two years, maybe in three years, I, I've known several times where I got like a little message that um, the, okay, so here's two things. In ads, I've gotten messages where, where impressions were overreported. Sorry. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then on uh, video views, on your Facebook pace a page when you post in upload a video to facebook in in your page i've gotten messages on those video analytics that oh we're sorry we overreported. well remember they came out and said that publicly um last year yeah they came out and said hey you know we we were misreporting i mean this is that's what i'm saying is like there's this whole litany of it's kind of like a of of misinformation (laughs) yeah bad data and I feel like at least industry industry types like us, I guess, marketers, there's really no uproar. There's no questioning, real questioning of of the stats. Like and it's and I'm not saying it's people's fault. I, I think it's more because how do you question it? Like you can't. You can't because you're running Facebook Mm-hmm. Ads and getting Facebook stats from Facebook, and that's where you get them from. Yeah, and that's that's what we've always said to each other and to our clients and to brands. Like, well, the Facebook Insights tab is going to be always the most accurate one. Well, we may have to change the metrics we we report. Uh, honestly, um, unless unless it's like brand awareness and brand building, but if there is a clear like. There could be many metrics, not just that purchase or not just that whatever you're selling. Um, and some of those take a long, many, many touch points to convert somebody. Right. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to, to it, yeah, don't even get me on time on site. <laughs> you know, so I, I say Facebook's not the only one at fault here. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, I don't, I don't, I know some really smart people in analytics, so I don't, I don't, I was going to say, I don't know if they could call themselves an analytics expert. They probably can just their sources could be flawed. So their sources. Um, but in any case, social tool in your toolbox. We've been saying this a long time. Utilize it, use it, know those metrics though. Really, really dial them in because if, if you're, if you're saying, Oh, we're just gonna put stuff out on Facebook and boost it. Well, what's the goal? And then I would say like, Remember, I think last time we were talking about moving people to owned properties like newsletters, other owned properties. I just brought that up. I just brought that up uh, yesterday, yesterday um, yeah. in the office. I was like, we really need to start moving people over to a property we own, quote unquote own. Um, so, yeah. Which has been, I mean, we've, we've, all, we've mm-hmm. all said that 
about the the whole cliche of owned versus rented um, property online and and that whole aspect of it, trying to get people to the website has always been the hub, you know, and, and then it, it starts to move to, well, people are on Facebook. They want to stay on Facebook. So do what you want to do with them there. It's okay to keep them there because they're spending all their time there anyway. So if they don't get to your website, just bring what you want to bring to them on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, another thing I brought this up with a venture just the other day as well. Um, I think people can get stuck in their ways and rely on places like social. I mean, this came up when remember Tesla, uh, Elon deleted the Tesla Facebook page, mm-hmm. FaceX Facebook page. And we were talking about it and made the comment, he doesn't really need those pages other than for an ad account, but he doesn't run ads. So essentially uh, it, it became clear when he deleted those, we've been saying this for a while, uh, when, when Facebook becomes more unreliable for reach, if you have to start paying to reach all your people, all right, use it as a tool again and uh, utilize, uh, optimize everything on your page, the best pieces of content that you own on your page to make them easily shareable, super shareable. Because um, then, I mean, that's what Tesla does. I mean, that's probably not even their strategy, but how much content people share about Tesla every single day. They're like Apple. Uh, I mean, exactly. Apple has, has not had, they have minimal social channels. They have like an Apple Music Twitter account. They just started on Instagram, what, last year, right? Early, la- middle last year, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and yeah, half of those are hidden. You can't even see them. Um, so it, but yeah. for like a, a brand like Tesla, though, too, it, it's they could – he can afford to do that, too. I mean, he can afford to, to delete it, and then guess what? If, he, if, if Tesla came back tomorrow or a year from now and was like, oh, well, we're back. We got a new Facebook page. We're back on Facebook. Guess what? They'd have like a million followers <laughs> immediately. Yeah. You know, because they would just, all their people are so hooked into to the news about Tesla and then the, and then the casual people. So it's tough when it's those, those real hot, trendy, or popular companies or brands, names. Like, yeah, they jump on a, a service and on a platform and boom, they have a, an audience. Like it's there. Warren Buffett, right? What, what was it? He joined, he got on, was it Twitter? I think. That's like, fascinating yeah. to me. <laughs> and it's just, those people can do whatever they want. Like if you're a celebrity, you're a well-known person or a brand. Oh, oh good example. I, mean, I don't know if everybody knows who this guy is, but his name is Mike Francesa, right? He, he's a, he was a huge um, sports talk really considered one of the, the godfathers of sports talk radio him and it was on Mike and the mad dog on the fan in New York back in the eighties longtime show Francesca just retired quote unquote retired and now he's going to be back I guess somehow on the air somewhere hmm. but I just saw on Twitter he's like it's funny because the way he's he's kind of a, a goofball like people goof on him and he, he announced that he's going to now have his own personal Twitter account. <laughs> but, but like he's got an audience that people will, sure. as soon as it's on there, they'll go to it. They'll go to it. So it's, it's tough for, I know it's tough for like a small, small business, like local business. They're not going to get that. 
right. they're gonna have to build, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram, they're gonna have to build a following. It's, it's not gonna be fast. It's gonna take a while. Yeah, I mean, I've always told people like, I mean, with, even with the best tools and resources a year, uh, it's gonna be a climb. And you're gonna have to spend money. And, and, I, and, I, and I tell them like things, like uh, the obvious shortcuts, that we don't agree with, you know, buying users and stuff like that. Well, not that. I'm just saying ad, ad wise, like you're going to, they'd have to spend. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Spend your money on that. Like <laughs> highlight the great content and target it. Uh, yeah. I mean, There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it, if you truly want to, if you really want to grow, like you want to mm-hmm. at any sort of decent pace, it's hard to do it organically. And most small businesses do not have the person dedicated to it the time to dedicate to it or the time to dedicate to the content or then distributing it promoting it like it's it's tough it's it's almost impossible unless unless you have a really good strategy and and you do set up a way to have time to do it right i agree man but most most don't they they, they're not going to know the best ways or things that they should put out there the right, well, not the right times because I don't. Well, also, yeah, I, no, you're onto something. Or they're going to try and put stuff out there and see no engagement, no reach, and not understand right potentially how the platform works, and not give it a uh, chance either. Yeah, or you, you they'll hear from somebody higher up, and I've heard this before. Well, well I think we should kill this platform. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like I don't even feel we gave it a chance yet. Yep, we may have to adjust the strategy a little bit. So. Hopefully, you either have the flexibility to do that yourself or um, go get other good examples. I mean, not everybody is a out-of-the-park viral success. Um, I think you're – actually, I'll, um, I'll save it for the end. <laughs> I'm going to share a book recommendation, and they said something in there. I'm listening to the audiobook okay. uh, that really started changing my thinking on how, how we should craft this content uh, for a longer game. Um, I, I know you don't like the word content, so I'll I'll clarify it. Uh, I I never said that. <laughs> I know you put a funny a LinkedIn post about I'm gonna have people say like I I'm guilty of saying this by the way I'm gonna go read content or I read tons of content consuming content. I I actually say that. So when you said that, I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> I I've said it. No, but you said I don't. I consume books, and you you actually put. Uh, context to the content. Yeah, like, reading. like let's let's read books. Let's listen to stuff. Let's let's watch things. Like, it's con- the consuming content phrase. I all like now, it didn't used to, but at this point, it's like a pet peeve. I personally, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna say it that well, way. But when you say like with this marketers and they say uh, content marketing or you know content everywhere, you know that that. I think you need to qualify it or it loses. And that's what I'll share at the, at the end of the podcast. Yeah. I think you need to share, qualify it or this loses its meaning or it's just meaningless or it's stuff. Like it has to be high quality. And how do you define that? Uh, it has to be worthwhile. It has to be useful, helpful. How do you define that? Um, so. Well, just when I see it, it sounds, it's, it's industry lingo, number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which is fine in the right time and place but in general like people if you were <laughs> if you're at like christmas time or family holiday whatever and your family doesn't isn't in this world and mm-hmm. you were telling oh, them yeah. 
oh, oh, you know what? Yeah, I, uh, I, I was consuming some um, content the other day of, <laughs> of on, this person. On, on, on pocket. Yeah. <laughs> right. In my pocket. Well, yeah, never than the tools. You know, I buffered some content, then I consumed it. And oh, shoot. Consu- like, you, you talk, just, you talk, can talk normal. Talk human, yeah. Talk normal about it. Like, you don't, you don't have to go on it and sa- you think you sound smart. Some people, not you, but some people think they sound smarter or they sound more. Um, I, I didn't really think about it in, until then. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I do c- consume volumes of content every day, which means I read dot, dot, dot articles. I read <laughs> tweets. I, read, I watch. It was not aimed at you. No, but it makes any you know, way. It, okay, you didn't just post something. You posted something that made people think. So. I'm sure you got a lot of engagement on that post, but you posted something to make people think, not to get engagement. I, I mean, I, I put it out there because I was. You make good content. That's feeling, <laughs> feeling it in the moment. I thought of it, and I was like, you know what? I feel like saying this. <laughs> I'm talking, and people can hear me. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> okay, man. Uh. Uh, speaking of content and writing good content, uh, next topic, next topic. Um, so Twitter, Twitter put out a, a, I guess it's a press release. It might be on their blog. It's on their blog. Um, Twitter's still alive. Oh my goodness. I know, actually know the person who wrote this. <laughs> Humble brag. Uh, no, I won't. So I'm not going to mention it, but I'll, I'll tell you a story off, off air. You're just going to, it's going to blow your mind. Blow your mind. Was it me? Did I write it? Uh, no, oh. but it is somebody I met uh, t- ten years ago at South by Southwest. Oh, I'll right, just leave then. it at that. I'll leave it at that. All right. So they wrote an article called "Serving Healthy Conversation." Uh, in March, they introduced a new approach to improve the health of conversations on Twitter because they got trolls uh, like Facebook, like the last story we had. They're not dropping the numbers, unfortunately. But they have, um, I don't even see they're actually, they're not even addressing bots here, but they're just addressing conversation um, that violate their policy. Okay, so it could include that. Mm-hmm. But they, I think they were hoping, they, they um, rolled out a bunch of features to report violations, and I think they were hoping that the community would self-police. And apparently less than 1% um, actually reported abuse. And those are probably active accounts. Uh, so they're taking this new approach uh, using policies, human review, which is interesting, and machine learning, which I'm glad, I'm glad they just didn't just say machine learning, uh, to determine how tweets are organized, presented. Um, the other thing they're going to do is essentially have these behavioral signals to rank tweets uh, in conversations and in search, because search is a very big part of. Uh, why we love Twitter and why marketers should love Twitter, Twitter search. Uh, so currently uses human review and machine learning to identify tweets that violate policy going forward. Twitter will automatically downrank tweets from accounts that were created in multiple account campaigns <clears throat> and accounts that regularly tweet to accounts that don't follow back. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know about that second one there. Uh, but I know that the, we know of people who might have, well, let's just be conservative. 
three accounts and they schedule the same tweet over three accounts. Well, now you, you can't, you can't schedule it. They right. don't, I mean, they don't, Well, yeah, they might manually do it or, um, basically I applaud this. Yeah. Um, if you're doing this already and it's lazy, you got to rethink what you're doing. Um, we've actually been thinking about this for, so well, look, you, you have, I have multiple accounts that I manage. You have multiple accounts that you manage, but it's not for the purpose of putting out the same exact thing across multiple mm-hmm. accounts. Yeah. It, like I have my, my personal account. We have our podcast account that we both manage. I have social media club Phoenix that I manage. You have uh, your company, not um, the, the wallets like the, your, mm-hmm. You have multiple campaign, multiple accounts across multiple platforms that you manage, and specifically Twitter. Yeah. Like it's gonna happen. I don't. I don't go and retweet everything from my personal to on the other ones that I manage. Do I do it occasionally when it's relevant? I think it when sense. it's a- when it's applicable. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. When it, you know, there are times where you're trying to rally. Um, yeah, so essentially these I will say these have to do with specifically conversations. So threads. Yes. Um, they're just trying to make this whole platform, you know, obviously if they can get people in more robust conversations, they're in you know, retention rate's gonna go up, the reengagement rate's gonna go up, uh, everyone will have a better experience on Twitter, uh, or at least the interactions that you have. Um so it's interesting now, um just reading here. So some of the early tests from the results. Um, it, yeah, really early tests. So they, they started to have a positive impact, 4% drop in abuse reports from search, uh, 8% fewer reports, abuse reports from conversations. And abuse is just violating the terms of service. It's not you know being mean to somebody. Um, and that means fewer people are seeing tweets that disrupt their experience. So they say their work's far from done. So I applaud this. I mean, I honestly, Twitter is still one of my favorite social networks. OG. Um, I use it every day, and sometimes just to search, sometimes just to see trends because it's really good on that. Consume content. <clears throat> um, but yeah, have conversation. Uh, I think they could be. I think there's still a long way to go to. I think there's ways that they can structure Twitter. Uh, I spent far too much time on discover and search and stuff. I, I don't spend as much time going through my actual feed because probably I just need to clean it up. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, I would agree. And I would add moments. Moments. Yeah. And then also the, in the DM down in DMS because I'm, I have a couple way down in there one group one dm group that is has been ongoing for a while um that we are there's like multiple i don't know at least five or six people in there daily well dms have gotten tremendously better i mean i don't honestly yeah you know how bad dms were on twitter they were essentially a unusable worthless product i don't think i get a single piece of spam in dms ever anymore oh i've I don't even. I if even I get a re- correspondence, it's a legit correspondence. Oh wait, wait. So, yeah, I, I, you know what? Now that you say that, yeah, right. 
in the last man yeah in the last few months because i used to i would follow someone and then they would auto dm me back <laughs> because i followed them and then i go complain to to that's probably one of the bots or whatever they shut down well yeah i mean what crowdfire was the big one that that people use but there, yeah. there's multiple but people with these auto dms that if you followed them or if you like their tweet or something even if this then that would have stuff i'm gonna scroll back so I, I haven't seen that at all. Now that you say that, I mean, it's been months, a couple months at least since I've seen, I've got an auto DM at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm back. Uh, maybe I delete this stuff. I haven't, I'm back in 2016, 2017. I haven't seen anything. I don't even bother deleting it. I, oh. Honestly, I, I think I get more crappy spam messaging on LinkedIn than I do. That is true. Very true. I just had a conversation about that. Um, with a somebody's strategy, LinkedIn strategy. Yeah. Um, half of the strategy was good, but yeah, and I go on LinkedIn all the time too. I mean, listen, yeah. notifications bring me back. We're not normal because I, I'm on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, day. totally outliers. Yeah. Obviously, we're not normal. It, <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing is, uh, you. If you don't, if you're not personally on these platforms, and I'll and I'll bring it back to Snapchat. To be honest, it's it's the easiest one to relate to. Uh, it doesn't mean your customers are not on Snapchat. It doesn't mean like you really got to like curb your bias. Uh, Why well, I, I hate Twitter. You know, <laughs> what if you could increase your business like twenty percent, thirty percent, because there happens to be that that group, that tribe on. Yeah. You know, in your audience. Absolutely. So, I mean, we hear, we hear that a lot. Um, Dude, it's the same thinking that when I was, when I worked at the, at the newspaper years ago, uh, mid two thousands, mid two thousands, mind you, I would hear this from actual people who owned a business. Literally, I would hear this out of their mouths. And even then I was in shock and awe and they were just like, whatever. Where they would say, I would mention something about running like a digital campaign. Go, oh, I don't even have a computer. Mm-hmm. I hardly use my computer. The business owner is saying, I don't have a computer, or I hardly use my computer, or I don't use, I don't go on the internet. This is mid two thousands. Okay, and 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 how are you expecting to do business, sir <laughs> or madam? No, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, and I think there are groups. Um, uh, maybe that just speaks to us culture as a whole, like how we could be doing better. Because I think people break it up into like ageism or they break it up into like locale. Absolutely. But I don't, th- I, yes, that plays a part, but it shouldn't be a part of a punchline is what I'm trying to say. We as a culture, I mean, there are other cultures that do far better than us because maybe their tech is is more frictionless. I mean, I mean, we even talked about how an older demo is listening to a podcast now because there's apps that make it easier. Um, this morning, first time ever, listening to talk radio, um, yeah, the talk radio is 91.5 or whatever on the range to work. Yep. Catch it for traffic reports and stuff. Yep. And they serve like NPR and a bunch of other things. And they said on the way home, it said, and, and if you want to hear this, this next special segment, ask your um, smart speaker to play uh, NPR or your local station. 
So obviously on the back end, you could just ask your smart speaker to play, uh, you know, KJZZ. Yep. And it'll do it. I'm just like, that's frictionless right there. Because I'm like, how I get home, I pull it. I'm like, how the heck can I continue listening to this great program? And I, other than like queue up the podcast when I come inside or something. Yep. Like it's, it's you know, it's rabbit trail a little bit, but, um, you know, and I gotta, I gotta watch that too. Cause like, I run into some people time to time and they have, I'm like, Oh, I see they have a hotmail address. I'm like, Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> or my, like uh, one of my friends was doing some consulting and they're like, Oh, this, per- this person hasn't paid yet. You know? And I just like, it clicked in my head. I'm like, how did you request payment? They're like, Oh, Venmo. I'm like they don't have a Venmo account. <laughs> I'm like, give them three options. Don't like, Oh yeah. Know. Yeah. We're not at the point yet of saying, just, just get paid. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely not at that point, even with PayPal, of saying, I only accept PayPal. Like, you're not going to get paid by everybody. Yeah, again, we're, not, we're outliers. Like, what, what the stuff that Apple Pay is doing is incredible. What will be, they're, you know, did you hear they're issuing actual, like, bank cards with Barclay? So you can now swipe oh. your Apple, you know, you have your Apple Pay on your phone. You have websites accept Apple Pay now. You could have Apple Pay whatever it is in our text, like we can send it back and forth like yeah. Venmo. Next on my watch also. I can pay with stuff, pay the, the N- NFC, whatever using the watch. Like, well, you have an Apple watch. Yes. One of the originals. Oh, okay. Never mind. I was like, what other things is your work getting you? <laughs> no, I've had Apple watch since like, not the first set that came out, but the next set. Like they, the first ones got shipped out in that April of that year, and I got the ones that got shipped out in May. Oh dang! Because I, I just, I was dying for it. I wanted, it. but anyway, yeah, you, you can are. pay. You, you can, you can do like if you go to the airport, you can, you can do the your ticket at security through your Apple Watch. Yeah. When I was talking, to, I mean, we're we're going off the off yes, tangent here, but well, that's all right, man. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was talking to somebody today, and they wanted to optimize their site. Um, and they're wondering like if the people would enter their credit card and at what stage. And a lot of people would have to probably abandon it if they, uh, you don't have to go get their credit card. And I'm thinking to myself, man, it, we're not there yet. But right. right now when I go on a site, Apple pre-fills my saved cards at the bottom of the site. So that it's more frictionless. So, I mean, again, I'm probably an outlier, but you know, we're, we're going to get there. Uh, on the flip side, um, if you can optimize those experiences across social for uh, the most difficult client or customer, more than likely you'll get everybody else. Right. Make that experience as easy as possible. So that's well, cool. Twitter. That's Twitter that. is, uh, you know, they, they, they got away pretty scot-free from the Cambridge Analytica stuff, even though they also apparently were affected. They came out and said, but it was, they came out so far late in the game and were not nearly as affected or nearly as much as Facebook users, I guess. But really once, once Facebook was affected, it didn't matter who else was, they did business with Cambridge Analytica because Facebook's <laughs> the biggest. So it's like, Running, running those Facebook, running those MySpace ads. Huh. But yeah, so Twitter, Twitter is uh, again doing something to uh, address 
bots and fakeness or, or or not even that but also i think they have to yeah i mean oh yeah they have to publicly do you remember when like reddit made some really hard decisions turn the corner to try to like get trolls curbed and shut down some pretty offensive groups and i never thought it would ever happen to be honest but they did it's tough man look i'm i i don't necessarily I don't know if I totally agree with everything because there is, there is a censorship side mm-hmm. of things that has to be at least considered. You know, I, I'm not saying that hate groups and stuff should all be allowed. I, I, I'm just saying that there is an element of if, okay, there's, you know, there's, and this is kind of a hot take. I mean, everybody said this, right? Like if, if this group can be banned or whatever, like, sure. so then what's stopping them from banning another group they don't like except it's on the opposite side of things so it's it's a line you know it's it's like the spotify news that came out this week with with r kelly and Extentacion. Yeah. <laughs> you know that that I, I don't know where they're going with that spotify and they didn't comment either because somebody made the case you know if what if someone goes into prison and gets out of prison you're gonna like Pull their album and then well, we don't know. Like, oh, look, it's Spotify. It's their platform. They can do what they want. Are people going to leave Spotify? I don't think so. I, I doubt that people will leave because of that. Um, if they well, at all. And one thing is, they didn't re- remove his catalog. They just removed his catalog from, which is a huge point, from all like the curation playlist. Yeah, yeah. And especially which, for for Extentacion, like he's a young hip hop guy, kid. Really, he's a kid. He's like 19, 20, maybe 21. He's, he gained popularity. He came up on SoundCloud, number one. He was a SoundCloud rapper, and he's out there. Like, he's, he's got some in, – in relative to everything else, like, the stuff that he raps about and the way – like, it's, it's, kind of, it's bad. Like, it's, it's totally – like, parents are not going to like what he's talking about and his lyrics and stuff. And the thing is that – he got on Spotify and the thing that blew him up on Spotify too was being on one of those on, on specifically it's this one called rap caviar among others, but rap caviar is like the top mm-hmm. yeah, of course. rap Spotify playlist that they put out, put in your face. If you're into rap, right. I am, I see that one come up like above the fold. Um, yeah. Cause they're also producing exclusive to Spotify content. You can't get anywhere else. Plus, you know, discovery. Uh, but there's a there's a, dude I, I don't know that they're opening up unless they're just like we don't care we're gonna do whatever we want going forward and we don't have to address answer anyone's questions about this we're gonna do whatever we want because you can look at a lot of people's uh past transgressions and present transgressions mm-hmm. and, and and say oh well they can't be on a playlist if these guys can't be on a playlist, you know, it's like where are they, there's no line apparently being drawn. It's, it's just kind of like their, their whim. Yeah. Because these two are in the public consciousness right now, I think. But like, what about other, other artists that are on, on their curated playlist for Spotify? Like what, I just don't know how they deal with that. I, I'm not saying I'm for or against it, I, you know, I, I, I don't kind of care what they do with their playlists. 
if I want to listen to something, I'm going to go find a way to listen to it. If it's on Spotify or YouTube or SoundCloud or, or an app, sir. So I, I, I don't know what it accomplishes ultimately. And, and I also don't know why they, what made them stop at the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> There's like all these questions that they, they just brought up and threw at us. Walk the line. I don't think they're going to answer any of them. Yeah, I mean, unless there's, they said there hasn't really been a public outcry, but they really don't have to. Um, it's just them making a statement. Interesting. Yeah, and again, like you said, it's not like they even took them off the entire platform. The music's still available. It's just not, not in a featured sense on their end. Which, I mean, I get it. I get it. They yeah. don't want to feature them. Okay. All right. That's Word. Right. Hey, so has anybody been doing good social this week? Have you noticed? Oh yeah, there was one. Good. You give. Do you have your example? I do. Do yours because I'm gonna pull up mine. I forgot okay. exactly what it was, but I posted it today. So. So we've been, you know, discussing the idea of companies, brands having a GIF, not GIF, GIF strategy, specifically on Giphy. That's why I say GIF. Um, I use GIFs all day long. GIFs are basically embedded with GIF via Giphy on basically every messaging platform. So I did my good social of the week from previous was Westworld, how their Giphy game was strong and they had a Giphy account and they uploaded all these GIFs and basically used them to respond to fans. So they used them in that way. So somebody's birthday was at the office. Somebody dropped a, you know, they searched happy birthday in yep. Slack. And it dropped in, dropped this, you know, um, let me just click on it here. I want to click on it. Open. Uh, so they just dropped this happy birthday gift. Well, what it was, was our buddy Neil, uh, Doogie Hauser, MD, no longer, no longer. Right. Um, just doing fun things like. NPH. Yep, NPH. So in the brand is, is bubbly water. So it's a new, new, uh, you know, LaCroix competitor actually put out there by Pepsi, but relatively affordable, pretty good. Bought it a few times, uh, fun, bright cans. Well, anyways, they have a whole page, you know, so it's Giphy. You guys can go to this dot get dot com slash bubbly water. And what is interesting is they didn't just do like, you know, what you stereotypically think of just brand gifts. No, they created like all these different gifts to show up in people's searches for common, common words uh, for Mondays. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch in there like for being scary. Is it Sunday scary? Uh, holiday gifts. Say it with bubbly. There's a whole bunch of high fives. Um, so they, they did it. I mean, one, they hired NPH. Uh, to do a let me just I'm just trying to scroll down here just basically to make a bunch of anime gifts doing actions like thumbs up I see they have been some in here like happy mother's day they did a ton for happy mother's day call your mom sorry I'm late and it's just him like just pointing across the screen anyways so there's they obviously had a pretty fantastic strategy in order to create 721 gifts um, so keep in mind a lot of these are duplicates of him doing the same thing with new different words over the top. So that's smart. 
So out of those 721 GIF uploads, they've gotten 1.7 billion views. Um, I knew who Bubbly was, so one of them actually had a bubbly water can in the in the shot. I was like, whoa. And I looked up and I saw it said, you know, buy, buy Bubbly. I'm like, oh, that's just smart. Mm-hmm. And then some of these are on-brand colors. They, you know, they might have little dots in the background with Neil turning around. Uh, so anyways, good social. Um, I only saw it by chance by someone put, putting in happy birthday. Um, and now I'm going to have to actually just go over here and just type in words to see if it, if it automatically comes up And and I, what I don't know, Vincent, maybe, maybe you know this, if somehow maybe Giphy has paid accounts and they can push you to the top of the list. I'm not sure. Yeah. I've been, well, I haven't been looking at, I, I've at one point I, I think I got curious um, when I started seeing a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk's gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the time when the when, packs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, a, it was actually around the time when the the Planet of the Apps show came out on Apple. Yep. I feel like they he really like there was a there was a, a specific attempt to capitalize on that and, and increase his, the awareness of him in the public eye and all like these gifts came out. Like if you search for him in, on, on gifts, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, which pull from Giphy, mm-hmm. it, I mean, you'll get some, <laughs> you'll get some. And sometimes they'll even come up. Like if you search for certain words, like I'm sure if you search for hustle, uh, on the Twitter gifts, especially, or uh, and on the website on Giphy.com, he will come up somewhere near the top. At least one of his will come up somewhere high. I don't know. I I I think they do. I think there is something that you can do to work work with them somehow. And okay, so here it is. I figured it out. Um, it's hidden. It's buried under. It's very. It's buried in. Let's see what page this is. It's actually pretty fascinating, to be honest. So it's on their FAQ page, and it's buried because you can actually become a featured artist. You can submit your work, at least ten gifts to visit your channel. But then, how do I get my brand and company on Giphy? Uh, we love working with brands to help power their gifts. Visit our sign-up page to apply and learn more. And then you can apparently get verified as well. I just think it's super cool that you can actually claim your username. I don't think any brand's thinking about that, to be honest. Uh, but when you go to the brand Giphy page, it's a showcase of all the brands. So I see a lot of late night comedy shows in here. I see some some basketball ones, so I click on it. NBA. Mm-hmm. The NBA clearly has a strategy. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah, so I'm scrolling down here. Um, Wendy's? It's just smart. Anyways, I won't I won't go too much too farther in this, but hey, that's good social. Um, I I brought it and I geez, I'm not gonna be offended. I brought it up today, and some people laughed at me. And it's usually like, I love that. You know, because you know, within a year, year and a half, two years, someone will be on stage at some conference, some big brand, talking about how they won the internet with their game on Giphy, and here we are, two years earlier, talking about it. Um, so I just thought like, man, it'd be really cool to do for, for where I'm at, uh, you know, some startup, just fun. And that's the key. Create, 
gifs that people want to use or commonly search for. Um, I'm well, sure and you so- can, well, well, time out because so I've made some. I mean, I've made. You can go on Giphy and make them. Yeah, you can upload them. Yeah, and then and then you can share them too. Like you can, even though they won't come up. I got a hard time with that. They won't come up even with a specific word tied to it. It doesn't just come up in Twitter, you know, under the gifts if you type in the exact word. Yeah, I think it does has to have to do with popularity as well. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does because this was a very specific brand name that I tied to a couple of gifts, and if you search for it, like in Twitter, which again pulls from Giphy, it doesn't come up at all. So, uh, it's that part forget about. But Giphy gives you on when you make it, when you make the GIF, it gives you the different links to download it to to mm-hmm. link to it and everything. So you can put it in your posts. Uh, and also like like HBO, how they did it with Westworld. Um, they actually have a universal search too and a username search. So you could actually, whatever it says right here, whether it's the search bar, Twitter's gift bar, messenger, and they list off like a hundred different apps yeah. that they're integrated with their API. You could actually search, say you had 25 or a hundred, you could actually search the, the username too. Cause yep. I think probably what HBO is doing, uh, like we were saying, there's no way they can search and get all these so fast. They're, you know, they created them and have a spreadsheet probably for if somebody says this, do this one. Um, Gift game is strong. Yeah. So what you got? Mine is uh, courtesy of our buddy Coca Sexton, who is working oh, at yeah. Slack these days, former LinkedIn um, and uh, one of the, one of the masterminds behind social selling. Um, he, he posted on Facebook, but it was a post about a post on LinkedIn because, and so I haven't seen Deadpool two yet. I plan on it. He posted and I don't know this character. Again, I'm not a huge comics fan. I know Deadpool. I don't know all the characters in, in the Deadpool universe necessarily, apart from the ones that were in the first movie, but the second movie is about to come out they've created a LinkedIn profile for one of the characters from Deadpool. Um, it's this guy, Peter W. Jeez. Um, fake account, fake account. Fake account. Well, but it looks, I mean, it looks real. It's, it's filled out and everything. Apparently he's got, his character has something to do with bees. Um, but like everything's listed with his former... Uh, the places he's he's worked, like his current workplace is mm. X Force, and it says, "I just do so whatever." That's not so bad. I mean, yeah, like no, it's, it's a real people. filled out thing, yeah. dude. He's even got two publisher posts. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the experience is X Force member for the last two months. I just do whatever Mister Deadpool tells me to, not because I'm afraid of him, but because he's my new boss, who also happens to carry a lot of weapons. Very excited about this new chapter in my career. The one before that, he was with Excalibur Cutlery Company for 20 years, regional sales manager, um, and has like all the typical lead department sales, lead department in sales for seven consecutive quarters, initiated website development, streamlining consumer-facing services. Um, Before that, and and then his education was this fake Metro University. um, So if they're really up on their game, 
they would have gone out and you could have followed that rabbit trail and they could actually, you would find Metro University, you'd find Excalibur Cutlery, Cutlery, maybe some Easter eggs and you'd find like Westworld does that all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can go on Excalibur comes up, but well, so here's, here's the better part though. So that the publisher posts are actually good. They're funny. Um, they're, they're like realistic but, and funny. Like he's writing it real in a real way, but, he, but it's funny. The other thing that he did, and the reason why Coca found it, is because Coca posted on his own profile. And it was, the post he put up was, it was actually a picture of Vaynerchuk. It was like a, like a, a picture of, and a quote over saying, if you don't love the process, you've already lost, right? So a typical graphic with Gary. And it was Coca's long post about uh, his commute into San Francisco, um, mm-hmm. his morning routine, everything is a process, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the, the third comment down is from Peter W. On his, on Coca's post, like randomly, that says, okay. I tell my wife this all the time. Thanks for sharing. So they're taking this account and they're going out on LinkedIn. It's like reverse, reverse influencer. <laughs> engaging with people. Influencer with fake account. strategy. How great is I, I just thought that was really, like, this isn't, maybe this isn't the very first time we've seen stuff like this. Well, seen, like you said, it's West smart World. from a brand, from a fictional character for a movie. Yeah. We've seen things like, you know, the most, the most famous one was like Lonely Girl back in the day. Uh, you know, I ran, a, I ran a small campaign where this people, I told them we should have disclosed it from the beginning. This fictional blogger and all these other f- fictional accounts. And they thought it was the real person, but it was just representational of a, of a, of the, of the person and we probably had good content, but yeah, I would have been more, a little bit more transparent with it uh, somewhere in the middle, but with something like this, like a movie, man, um, it'd be just so fun. You know, why not? We see, we see this with Twitter profiles, Twitter accounts mm-hmm. a lot. Well, yeah. Um, with characters. Yeah. Back, back uh, the first shorty awards. So one of the person like when, when I won for the brand and then NASA won for science, there was a entertainment. Oh no, just a random person. She actually might've had an agency, but a random person that did the mad men Twitter characters and all of them unofficially separate accounts, separate accounts. And then kept the character, kept the dialogue and the storyline going after each, each show the whole season. So they're still up today. I don't know if the person's still doing it. I, I don't. I don't know why. I, I think. I think more. More should do that. Maybe not to that whole level, mm-hmm. but definitely. Uh, so what's great about Westworld is they do it. The actors are doing it. Yeah, I know. I know for. Um, I know for. A Jeffrey Wright, he's always tweeting and about different things. I mean, it's it's his personal account, so it's not just. Why am I drawing a blank here? Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. I know for Game of Thrones, the actual um, characters have accounts. Yeah. Uh, I don't, again, I don't know who keeps those up, but uh, and they have personal accounts for the actors as well. I like to see Instagram. Like who? They should do Instagram accounts if they don't already for for like different shows and stuff. I 
I can't think of any that do it. I, yeah. I, I can't imagine that it has not been done on Instagram because that would be great. I think it's super smart because for as much as what Westworld is doing for fan engagement, I think a lot of other places, a lot of their shows and whatnot can really learn from that. So like, it would be really cool if they did pictures, Instagram pictures on the main feed as, as in character of some like stuff that they're looking at or, or part of in the scene, but they're still playing in the scene and same thing with stories. Like they could really, someone could really take that and run with it. Like, like Handmaid's Tale, right? What if, what if uh, there was a, a Handmaid's account where it wasn't the main character, it's just like one of the Handmaid's. Who, one broke, of them. Out, who broke out? Oh, no, just one of them, like, and you're just in the daily life of what the Handmaid does. <laughs> to, sure. an extent, to an extent. To an extent, yeah. And in the stories, you, you're, it's not behind the scenes, it's like you're living, you're seeing what that person is living. Yeah. You know, or, or for Westworld, like if they took one of the characters and just in the story, they had the same story every day. (laughs) That's good. Or if it was the same in the main feed, the same picture every day or every like six days, every six days, it's all the same. Well, I mean, you can match it up because whatever, whatever the time. Whatever the script is, and that could actually be every two hours. It resets. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, you know, because I went to the Westworld oh thing. Can you imagine, like, in the main feed, if it was like, so you see, like, every three pictures is like, if you were Dolores, right? If they had one for beautiful Dolores. sunset, hashtag blessed. Yeah, like looking out from my porch, and it's the line from the show, or looking at her dad, Peter Abernathy. That's the only the only instance when it's okay to repost the same stuff over and over again. Yes. But then, but then mixed in every once in a while is like glitch. No, a photo of of Jeffrey Wright looking at you, <laughs> or or a photo of like you're you're looking up at lights and there's like surgeon hands digging into you because oh, you're on the so table. Good, yeah, they're so good with burning clues. Uh, yeah. Well, I well, have a uh, what to to kind of. Yeah. Well, thanks for reminding me. I think there's a new Handmaid's Tale on tonight, so appreciate that. Hey, so you have a you have an audio book to recommend? I do. Yeah. So if you have anything else you want to recommend, podcast or not today, we typically do podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have a podcast. But go ahead. I found a book that was recommended as a book on on Amazon, but I have an Audible account with a slew of credits I need to use up. Um, so this book is called Every, Everybody Writes. Uh, I've been writing a lot uh, for the last seven months. Um, and there's some, personally, there was originally some, uh, what's it called? Imposter complex to go along with that. Right. But, but gosh darn it, I'm a good writer. Um, so this is called Everybody Writes, uh, Your Go-To Guide to Creating Ridiculously Good Content by Anne ha- Handley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so digital marketer. Um, content marketer. Content marketer. Yeah, For sure. this relates to content. Uh, I really appreciated it. Here's the kind of the formula. Formula I wrote down. Um, okay, so this kind of struck home because we always talk about storytelling. Oh, we should story tell. Everyone says these buzzwords. Right. And this is just the first like intro 
a couple chapters. So no, instead of storytelling, we should tell a true story well. And, and when you are, and this applies, content applies across the board from website content to a tweet, to anything that, that the customer comes in contact with actually. Um, so that does speak to the, the volume of and the scope that content plays, a content writer, creator. Um, so when you create content, you should, should essentially make sure that content is created with clear utility. I always use the word useful, helpful, but clear utility and create it with inspiration. And then I, I found this fascinating and create it with relentless empathy toward the reader, toward the customer. Um, so the equation, which she borrowed from someone else, so you're always like, oh, right, do content, but do quality content. All right, so here's the, here's the equation. Uh, clear utility times inspiration times relentless empathy equals quality content. And if any of those are zero, it's all zero. So uh, I'm just getting into it. found it very, very helpful. Because uh, I know another book that she mentioned in there was Content Rules, which has been a kind of a bestseller for a long time uh, for for. Actually, about four years ago, it convinced a lot of businesses to go head on into content. So it's always good to refresh her to ask yourself why. So this book is helping me ask those why questions as we continue to create content for, for Vincent to consume. <laughs> uh, that's, all, that's all I got. Uh, that's a good one, though. That one's uh, Anne, Anne has been around. She knows mm -hmm. her stuff. Hope you guys enjoy the show, as always. We'll see you next week. I'm more than hashtags. Get out of here. Have a good week.